I'll just pray for us. Heavenly Father, as we look into your word this morning, help us to keep the main thing the main thing and keep our eyes fixed on you. Amen. Um, there's a lot in that passage, or passages. Um, I'm just going to focus on three main parts of it. If we could have the first slide up, Sam, that'd be great. So the Deo Corum, what's the big idea? I don't know if you ever had the experience, but it happened to me quite often when mum had come in, hands on hips, and say, young man, what's the big idea here? And uh, I then had to give an account of myself. Um, so what, what I want us to focus on, what's, what's the big idea here? What's Jesus want us to learn? There are, there are three aspects that... Um, I impacted me as I was preparing this. Uh, the first one is that God's grace is beyond our comprehension and it's available to all. Um, secondly, that when we accept that grace, the conversion has a magnanimous effect, an incredible impact beyond our comprehension and understanding. And that when Jesus brings in the new order. The, the conversion is a, a conversion of the heart. It's not the, the outward that changes, but the inward. And after the inward changes, it affects the outward. And so he was speaking to sinners and outcasts as well as to the Jews. Um, I don't know if you've ever been in the situation of being on the outside, uh, but thinking you're on the inside. I'm not a big Facebook fan, but people tell me, and I know from my experience teaching, that kids get pretty impacted when they've been unfriended or defriended or whatever it's called when you're, you're dumped off the, the list or the group. And it can create an enormous amount of anxiety. And that feeling of being dumped, left out, discarded. Or, I don't know if you've ever had the experience, you get called into the boss's office and you get confronted with, I'm sorry, we've got to let you go, which is an interesting uh, word, let, let you go. It sort of sounds like we really want to keep you, but we can't. Well, if they really wanted to keep you, why are they letting you go? But that, that feeling, and especially if it, if it comes unexpected, it's like a smack in the face. I don't know if you've ever walked into a door or a glass door and it yeah, it really, it really gets you. And you think, well, didn't see that one coming. So, um, so that, that's the impact that Jesus is wanting to have. Calling the lost, the forgotten, the unwanted and confronting those that thought they were on the inside and had it all together because of their rules and religious observances. Um, so next slide, please. So the, the impact of grace, God's mercy, is it's not deserved, it's not earned, it's the favour that God gives. A bit like, I guess, some when you go to pick up a new puppy and you, if you get the choice, picking one out of the litter, or if you're a cat person, choosing a cat out of the litter. Uh, those that are being chosen, like the puppy, don't really understand what's happening at the time, but the impact of that later uh, becomes very obvious. Um, the pup gets loved and cared about and fed and, yeah. Um, I was reading 
a story that came from Reader's Digest. I wasn't reading Reader's Digest, but this story came from Reader's Digest in the 1950s about Arnold Palmer, who born in 1929 and he died only a couple of years ago, 2016 I think it was, and um, his net worth when he died was $875 million, enormous amount of money. He was one of the most charismatic and greatest golfers of the time. And uh, he was invited to play uh, an exhibition uh, set of matches in Saudi Arabia, the Sultan of Arabia, the king invited him to come over and play, which, which he did, put him up in a palatial mansion. And um, the, the king was so impacted by him bringing golf to, to Saudi Arabia, which he, he wanted to um, um, implement in the country as a sport, and he said to Arnold Palmer, he said, oh, this has been fantastic, I'd like to give you a gift. And he said, you paid me an enormous amount of money, you put me up in this palatial hotel, you've wined me and dined me, given me everything I want. I said, he said, I, I don't need a gift. And he said, well, look, I, I want to give you a gift. Very aware that um, in the Arabian context, the culture is that you don't deny or refuse a gift that's extremely insulting. So he said, oh, well, I'd like a memento of my time here. I'd like a golf club. And the king nodded. And anyway, next morning, uh, there was a knock on the door and one of the princes was there and he gave him the deeds and title to a golf club with, with many thousands of acres of land. And he was, of course, gobsmacked. And... That's like the grace that God extends to us. We don't really know and understand the impact of it until it actually happens. And when we experience it, that joy is unfathomable. But you only know that when you experience it. People on the outside don't experience it, can't understand that fulfilment of, uh, of joy. And this is what happened to Levi, who was renamed Matthew. So uh, Abby read to us that um, Levi was a tax collector and it's, it's really uh, only a few verses. In, in uh, 27 it says, After this Jesus went out and he saw a tax collector by the name of Levi, Matthew, sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said. And Levi got up, left everything and followed him. Now Jesus uh, had been an itinerant preacher and healer, uh, had amassed a great following because people were, were amazed at his miracles and his teaching, his authority and his knowledge of the law. And so they should have been. He was the God-man, God, God come to earth as man. Uh, and he had just previously called um, James and John, the sons of Zebedee and Peter, whose name was Simon before he renamed him Peter, the Rock, and now he's confronted uh, Levi. Um, and Levi would have been very amazed that Jesus would even talk to him. Um, tax collectors were on the bottom hierarchy of, um, of culture, of society. Uh, Tax collectors had to tender for their jobs. So there might have been um, 
many tax collectors that were needed, but they would all they'd put in a tender to the Roman Empire. The Romans didn't want to collect the taxes. It was a hated job and they were already hated, so they decided to choose some of the people from the culture to do the dirty work for them. And because they had a... a a uh, plateau that they had to receive, what the tax collectors charged above that was up to them. The Romans didn't care, they just wanted 10% or whatever it was, and I believe it was 10%. Uh, and Levi was at his booth, so he was in the city centre and all the merchants who were coming and going, selling things, all had to check in with him and check out with him to pay their taxes. And there were Roman guards guarding the tax collectors while they were doing their work. The uh, Jews couldn't avoid it. They had to pay the taxes. They hated them because they knew that they always charged over and above uh, what was required so that they could earn a living, so to speak, earn a living, make a living. Um, and as well as that, they were from the people and of the people, but not for the people. They were for the Romans. The Romans had, uh, had taken... Palestine had taken the land, the Jews' land, and had imposed their rule on it. So they were seen as um, as infidels, Gentiles, who had taken what belonged to the Jews, and the tax collectors were supporting them. A bit like um, the sheriff of Nottingham in in Robin Hood, uh, hated, disliked, spurned. So their only mates were each other. And when Levi was called, he was just gobsmacked at the grace that Jesus had extended to him. So what did he do? Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. And that probably included the Pharisees who, if they weren't in there, were certainly around and seeing what was going on. If it was a great banquet, there would have been a, a lot of people there. And a couple of interesting things about that. Who did he throw the banquet for? Not himself. He wasn't saying, oh, praise God, I've been chosen. Not like the, you know, the, um, the um, Toyota ads, you know, oh, what a feeling. He, he was throwing it for Jesus. And Levi held a, a great banquet for Jesus at his house. And where did he hold it? In his house. Now, usually if there's a celebration to be had, you know, I've, I've been to several in the, in the hall here. People have come here and celebrated, made a mess and then shot through. And the people organising it clean up afterwards. So when it's done in your own house, you're bringing people into, into your home and you're doing it in your home. And that's pretty special, a bit different to hiring a hall and doing it outside. And Levi, Matthew, was so impacted by the grace he received that he, he threw this, this celebration for Jesus in his own home. And the other thing that's interesting about this is who did Jesus choose to, uh, to be his um, disciples? He didn't choose the influential, the powerful, the known, the respected, the Pharisees and the, the scribes, but he chose the outcast. And boy, that gives me hope. Well, I've got hope. We've got hope. But isn't it a wonderful thing that he doesn't go and choose from the upper echelons in society? Now, those who make it to the top, 
usually, from my limited knowledge and understanding, make it to the top by doing dodgy deals. Um, the Pharisees and the scribes were very strict. They believed that the, the Messiah would come, that the new would be, uh, the new Jerusalem would happen when they had reached that pinnacle of observance of the law, of keeping the rules of the traditions, and when they'd got it spot on, then, then the Messiah would come. And the Messiah that was coming was going to be a military king. It's going to wipe out the Romans, implement the new regime, which was totally what Jesus didn't do. He turned all that completely upside down on its head and said the renewal happens here, not out there. It's not the outward that matters, but the inward. If we could have the next slide, please, Sam. Um, and, and Levi, Matthew, he was so impacted, he wanted to share what Jesus had done for him with everybody else. But the Pharisees, they didn't like that because he challenged what they held as important. It's easy for us to, to make the wrong thing the main thing. Um, you know, big game tonight. And hope, hopefully, yeah, that's right. Hopefully Panthers will get up. But if they don't, it's only a game of football. And people in Penrith that have turned their homes into a shrine for the team, um, I'd respect their passion and their fervour. And, you know, I'd, I'd like to have a milkshake with them down at the milk bar after the game. But, but it's just a game of football. No, that's, it's not the main thing. And it's so easy to get missed. And that's what the Jews had done. They got so wound up with the rules and the laws and, and keeping what they thought was important, that the Deo Corum, the, the, what's the big idea? They'd, they'd lost what the big idea was. And when Jesus, the God-man, was there dancing on their face, they didn't see it. They just did not recognise who Jesus was. They recognised that he'd, he'd um, performed mi miracles in uh, chapter 5, a few verses before. He heals a man with leprosy, he heals a, a paralytic, and now he heals a man with a withered hand. They didn't see that. Well, they did see it, but they didn't comprehend the, the penny hadn't dropped for them because Jesus was bringing in the new with a different cultural focus. If we could have the next slide, please, um, Sam. Yeah, so, so what Jesus was doing, he was trying to show that <clears throat> the new and the old, they just do not go together. You can't put the new on top of the old and the old and new exist together. There's got to be a renewal. Um, I don't know much about wine, but we're told old wine into new wineskins bursts and old wine into new wineskins apparently impacts the, the quality of the wine. But Jesus goes on to say no one tastes good wine and then goes back to the old wine 
I've seen those shows on television where they have wine tastings and people roll their eyes back, oh, this is magnificent, you know, I'd crawl over broken glass to have a, a cellar full of this stuff. And then they try another one and spit it out because it's disgusting. Um, that's what Jesus is, is saying here. The new is so good. It's so good. Why would you go back to the old? Why wouldn't you do that? But the Jews didn't see it. They wanted the old and they were committed to the old and they were going to stay with the old ways. They, they weren't prepared or willing to see what they could have. Um, I think it's a bit interesting, the whole torn jeans patch things. We had a young fellow living with us. Andy used to come to church here when he was in Sydney. And he came home one day. Uh, I'm going back... Oh, He's 35 now, so he was at school year 12, so probably 15 years ago. <laughs> and he had these torn jeans and an old flannel, what I thought was an old flannel T-shirt with patches all over it. Really proud of himself. He'd paid 200 bucks for this flannelette shirt with patches on it. I said, Andy, I said, I've got a wardrobe full of those. I said, we can cut them up and you can make five or six. He said, no, 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 it doesn't have that little label on the back. I said, oh, who, who sees the label? He said, oh, with these ones, it's actually on the outside. I said, oh, okay. Um, the, the patch, although it might be trendy in terms of clothing, it, it doesn't go when you put old on new or new on old. We've got a set E at home uh, in our lounge room and we got it when we first got married, so that was oh, 43 years ago. 40, oh, Julie's not here, about 43 years ago. Uh, and and it's, it, yeah, it's a long time. It's a good time, but it was a long time. And uh, over time, the, the top of it's got a little tear on it. And I actually said to her the other day, darling, we need to do something about that. It's driving me nuts seeing that there. Do you think we're... Oh, she just walked in. <laughs> uh, I said, we, 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 need to, we need to do something about that. And she said, oh, I'll, I'll look at it next week. Um, but if we put a patch on top of it, even if it's the same material, it's going to be obvious. And it's one of those CDs that's got curved uh, sides to it, so rat and cane one with, with cushions on it, but the two cushions are left and right, and you can't put right where... You can't swap them. They just don't fit, so it needs to be either replaced or repaired. And if we put the old patch on, it's going to stick out, and put a new patch on, it's going to be obvious. But it's damaged, worn at the top, because over time it's been so used that it's got thinner and thinner and thinner. So stitching a new one on top is just going to tear away. So a bit of a conundrum. She's really clever. I'm sure she'll work out what to do, but it's, it's going to be hard to put new on old and still have the old and the new looking, really. It's going to be obvious. I'm more concerned about the function of the set E, but the point that Jesus is making is, I have come, I'm introducing the new peace, grace, love, not rules, regulations and keeping the law. And the Jews hated him for it. In fact, we know. They crucified him for it. But Jesus' point was, it, it happens here. happens on the inside. And the renewal brings in the new and the old will pass away. And 
you can't earn it. It's grace from God and God's mercy that ushers that in. And we see that Matthew and his mates had an amazing reaction. Jesus went out, saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up and left everything and followed him. Now, I mentioned to you before that the tax collectors tended for their position. So at the beginning, I assume it was at the year, the beginning of the year, they would place whatever amount of money it was in today's culture, probably hundreds of thousands of dollars, to get their job so they can charge more and, and make more. So he was probably somewhere through his 12-month contract uh, when this happened. The Bible doesn't say. Uh, but he probably hadn't made his money back at that stage. He might have had a lot of money from the year before and the year before that, and we assume he was successful because he was still doing the job. Um, so when he got up and he left everything, he left his job, he left his future, he left his future earnings and his income, and he followed Jesus. Now, that's an amazing response. It's like getting up from your home and just driving off. Now, I, please don't hear me say that that's what we should be doing. We've got responsibilities and roles and callings. and But Matthew did because he was so impacted by what Jesus did. And a couple of verses before that, uh, earlier in chapter 5, um, Peter and James and John did the same thing. They were out fishing, were spectacularly unsuccessful. I love this little, little bit of verse because it, it says go fishing. It doesn't actually say that it says cast your nets on the right side of the boat, but I interpret that as meaning the same thing because I love fishing. But, but what they did was they left their nets, they left everything they had, and they just followed Jesus. And he said, no longer will you be fishers of fish, but you'll now be fishers of men. So um, the focus for me on this bit of scripture is the Deo Corum, keep the main thing, the main thing. We, we have been renewed. We're part of God's kingdom. And our responsibility is to live that and to share that. Now, we know that our enemy, the deceiver, uh, is a liar and will continually um, put stumbling blocks in our path and you, like me, will stumble. But God's grace is so magnanimous, so beyond our comprehension, like Arnold Palmer receiving that club that he thought was a club that was a club and not the club that he thought it was going to be. You know, the grace that we experience just keeps on coming, keeps on giving, the gift that has no end. And it's eternity with God that we're offered and... Anything between now and then is just stuff. Just stuff. And so the challenge for me in reading this is to remember that, that God, you're my God, and you've called me and I'm yours, and nothing in all creation can challenge that. And what a great gift that is.
So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, the truth of the gospel. We pray that you keep us safe from the evil one, his snares, his agencies and effects. And, Lord, I just pray that you, during this week, would reflect upon uh, the call of Matthew and, and his response to you, which is to leave everything and put it all in your hands. Amen.